greater of all things. So we took John's Gospel, the beginning of John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was of God, where John uses that name for the Son of God to tell us that Jesus, before Jesus was born of Mary and gained the name Jesus, he existed before time, was the co-creator with the Father and the Holy Spirit of everything else. So we're going to go back to those verses today. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. No less or other than God, in other words. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend. Or actually, that could also mean overcome it. Further on in John's Gospel, we read the words of Jesus himself as he talks about his relationship with the Father, the relationship between the Son of God and God the Father. And from a whole series of statements that run right through John's Gospel, I'm going to pick up just two this morning here. First of all, John 5. All should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Let me just make a comment on that one. People say, Oh, I, I, I know there's a God, but I'm not sure about Jesus. Well, it, you can only have God through Jesus. He who does not honor the Son does not honor God. And then in John 5, Jesus talked, John 10, that should be, sorry, on my screen. Um, Jesus talking about uh, him being the shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. You see, the Father and Son are working completely in partnership there. Same purpose, same intention. I and my Father are one. I talked to this morning about Jesus is Lord. And I put the screen on a bit too quickly earlier. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, last week, the Word. This week, Jesus is Lord. Next week, I think, will be Jesus is King. You think, what's the difference? There is a difference. We'll come to it next time. But first of all, Jesus, for a time, laid aside his lordship. We're going to go to a remarkable passage of Scripture. It's in Philippians chapter 2. And it uh, tells us that Jesus, for a time, set aside his privileges as God the Son. Let's go there. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, that just don't, that doesn't mean he was pretending to be, he was God. We know that from John. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself further, in other words, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and on those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God the Son set aside his equality with the Father to become the servant of the Father. And that is the role we see 
him playing throughout pretty much the whole of the Old Testament period. And the promised Messiah, Jesus who would come, was also named the servant of the Lord in the prophets. Then, following the Father's purpose, having served the Father's purpose through many centuries, he became man, conceived in the womb of a young virgin. Jesus was a real baby. You know one of those? Mewling, puking, and whatever, as, as uh, Shakespeare says. <laughs> he was a real baby, then a child, then a youth, then an adult. He lived 30 years in obscurity in the north of Israel before being presented to Israel as Messiah. As man, he lived the life that we do. He ate, he slept, he grieved. He was disappointed, he rejoiced, he, sh he cried. Then he went to the cross, he suffered and then died on the cross. But the Father raised Jesus from the dead and has exalted him. And the Son again sits at the Father's right, right hand in heaven, ruling as God with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. As he did from all eternity, Jesus rules as Lord. When we say Jesus is Lord, we're not just giving him some honorific, you know, like Lord Sugar or Lord Heseltine or something. He is Lord. He is God. And in fact, that scripture we just looked at in Philippians 2, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, comes from the Old Testament in Isaiah, where it is Yahweh, the God of Israel, all creation, every human being that ever was, will bow before, says Isaiah, Yahweh, says Paul, actually, folks, it's Jesus. God the Father orders all these that would bow to him to bow to the Son, Jesus. Why? Because he humbled himself. Because he went to the cross. Because he made the way for our salvation. God the Father says, every knee will bow to him. To Jesus. So all that Jesus did was for our sakes. He came to find and rescue and restore us. The price of our being brought back from being lost and in death and sin was his death on the cross in our place for our sins. But in all that he did, Jesus never ceased to be eternal God. But he chose the path of submission, obedience, and dependence on his Father to live among us to obey him even to the point of dying on the cross so that we might have redemption, forgiveness, salvation. And he even rose again for us so that we would know that we are forgiven. Let me also point out that that statement, is just in passing, but in that statement, all that wonderful language that Paul uses there, you know, the one who humbled himself and humbled himself again, God has exalted the point of the passage is actually to tell us, have the same mind. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, to similarly submit and humble ourselves, to choose to serve. If necessary, submit ourselves even to suffer as Christians for the sake of honoring Jesus. Jesus rose again. He lives and reigns. He ascended to the Father and lives and reigns over his kingdom. The whole of the kingdom of God, all that God has command over, is in the hands right now of the Son, of Jesus. It's the kingdom of Christ. There aren't different kingdoms, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of Jesus. There's one kingdom, one God, but Jesus rules it now as prince. 
the name of Jesus to be honored as the name above all. All will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Jesus is Lord of all. Throughout the letters of the New Testament, Jesus is repeatedly called the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's turn to present realities for a moment because these wonderful truths of the gospel, the truths of scripture, the truths of the Godhead are to be applied to real life, even in COVID-19. Now, in this situation we're going through here, both here in the States and other places in the world, how many of you are beginning to wonder, who can you trust nowadays? Yeah? There's a story going around in the news this morning. I shouldn't have been looking at the news this morning, but it came up as a thing on my... Turn off notifications on your phone. That's one of the, How not to waste a life, turn off notifications on your phone. But I didn't. I got the news this morning on, on that one. But uh, even our Prime Minister is thinking of uh, going back to making a, a living rather than working for us. Um, governor, you can trust. It seems that we can't really trust our governments, even the ones I voted for in the past. I wouldn't trust them on a personal level. wouldn't trust them with my children, my cash, my savings, or even my house keys. You know, they're doing the, what they're doing, but do I trust them? Mm. I think there are many people, in fact, you know, when it comes to voting, do, you know, they hold their noses and close their eyes and put a tick, you know, that's about the best we can do. Vote for the least bad. Such poor governors give the whole business of government a bad name, but government is godly. It's what God does, and he, 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 he delegates it to people to do, because government, we need government. We need decisions, direction, supervision, organization, support strategy. God gives government and governors, they just do a bad job of it, some of them, because corrupt human nature produces corrupt government. But what if, let me just get your imagination for a moment, what if there was a governor, a ruler, you could really trust? That would be good news, wouldn't it? Trust them with yourself, with your family, with your present needs with your future hopes. What if there was someone you could trust? Well, it was declared of the Lord Jesus by the prophet Isaiah 600 years before Jesus came that the government would be upon his shoulders. I rejoice in that statement. The government is upon his shoulders. The government of my life is not really on the Prime Minister and the Cabinet and the House of Commons and, and so on. The government of my life is finally, decidedly, on the shoulders of Jesus or in the hands of Jesus. Different ways of saying it. The Lord Jesus rules from heaven over all things, but with particular interest and care and concern for those who are his, who trust in him. Therefore, even in the Psalms it says this, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And I think one of the things that we need to do as Christians for our own mental stability is to keep reminding ourselves, actually, the answer doesn't come from them, it comes from Him. My help comes from the Lord. 
My safety and security is in the Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's a shield to all who trust in him. He's the helper of all who trust in him. None of those who trust in him will be condemned. None of those who trust in him will be ashamed. Mercy surrounds those who trust in the Lord. You might have gathered I'm quoting scripture, but I haven't got time to give you all the references. Blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So the message of the gospel is this. Believe and confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is God, that he's in charge. You see, you don't make Jesus Lord or make him king. He is that. All you do is you admit it and shape up towards it. You confess it that it's true. The light has gone on. Jesus is Lord. We've labelled the poor old disciple Thomas, the doubting Thomas. We give him a really hard time. He missed the appearance of the Lord Jesus to the disciples on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And no matter what they said, for the next week, he wouldn't believe it. He said, unless I see see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand in his side, he's he's, he's pining and on here, isn't he, poor old Thomas? I will not believe. Well, a week later, a whole week later, the disciples are together. This time, Thomas is with them, and Jesus turns up again, appears amongst them. And Jesus invites Thomas to do exactly what he'd said. Put your finger here, put your hand here. But he doesn't. Do you know what Thomas does? He says, my Lord and my God. Now for someone who'd been doubting and resisting for a whole week, that's a big jump. Because in one brief statement, he confesses what every Christian must confess to believingly be saved. To come with saving faith. Jesus is my Lord and my God. Now, there's God the Father and God the Holy Spirit as well. But to confess that Jesus is my Lord and my God is what saving faith is all about. Then Jesus said this, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, if I ask, have you ever seen Jesus? You may have seen him in a dream, in a vision, in, in, in some way. You may, have, you may have had a picture of him in your mind, but you know, you've never, he's, you've never stood in front of him, have you? No. He hasn't invited you to t- touch him and feel him in his rib. No. But do you believe? Yes. Can we have that again, please? You're allowed to speak. <laughs> or even laugh. Do you believe? Yes. You're blessed then, aren't you? Yes. You haven't seen him, and yet you believe him. You believe him. Peter talks about it too. You've never seen him, but you've believed and you rejoice in him, full of, full of hope and full of truth. Listen, we are blessed because though we've never seen him, we've, we've somehow sensed him, we've somehow experienced him through the Holy Spirit, and we believe in him, my Lord and my God. Live, therefore, under the lordship of Jesus. Who's in charge? He is. We accept that Jesus is Lord. We submit to his rule and we commit everything to him. We trust and obey him in all things. During COVID, trusting 
the Lord Jesus. Learning and growing, coming up through school and college and having interrupted through COVID isolation periods at the moment. Trusting the Lord. It's never too early to start. Trusting the Lord. Finding work and income. We're trusting the highest authority. Maintaining marriage. It's a matter of prayer and faith. Trusting him. Doing it his way according to his word. Raising children. Trusting him. Praying to him. Doing it his way according to his word. Growing older. I don't like that looking in the mirror business nowadays. Growing older. Trusting in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Let's pray together. For those here and for those watching too, I just want to invite you to take a moment and pray. Follow me in prayer. You know, we, we, we've never stopped saying that Jesus is my Lord, my God. And uh, it's been something we, that's been glibly said and sung for, for a long time, really, but I, I, want, I want us to be able to say it with true meaning, with faith. Thomas was all out on his own there. Everybody's looking at him. See, some of them were even maybe kind of whispering under their breath, see, we told you so. But Jesus was only concerned to deal with Thomas. Okay, Thomas, I'm here now. Thomas's response, my Lord and my God. Do those words come from your heart today to him? Those of you watching as well? Jesus is my Lord and my God. Commit your way to him. Commit the whole of your life to him. Listen, living a half-hearted Christian life is, 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 is half, can never be more than half successful. <laughs> you know, when you commit all your way to him, then the fun starts. Then, then there's adventure, then there's hope, then, the, then faith is working. Commit all your ways to him. And he'll direct you, he'll keep you, he'll supply you, he'll strengthen you. Father in heaven, I pray for everyone hearing your word today here in the building, out there on the internet. And the response of our hearts will be to say to you, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord my God. You own me, I belong to you, and I'm content to live under your governorship, Lord Jesus. Though I struggle with those who stand between me and you in some order of governorship, perhaps, local government, national government, or whatever else, I thank you that beyond all of those, you are Lord of Lords. You're over all of that. You're King of Kings. Whatever king or queen reigns, you are supreme governor. And Lord, we pray that these truths will shield our hearts. Even as some of us are having to shield or isolate indoors, Lord, keep our hearts in your truth, we pray. That we may never stray too far in our thoughts from Jesus being our King, our God, our Lord. Amen. We're going to break bread together in a few moments. And the way...